to another episode of You Are Love. I am your host, Salida, and I want you guys to take time out to check us out on our Facebook page, which is You Can't Clip My Wings, and also our website at youcan'tclipmywings.com. Thank you again for listening to You Are Loved. And do remember, you are truly loved. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope everyone is having a great morning. Um, It is already Thursday. And um, as we open up the show, we always have an intro. And the intro tells you to check out our website and our Facebook page. Um, I'm excited about, um, well, first of all, you can't clip my wings.com is the Facebook, excuse me, is the website, and our Facebook page is you can't clip my wings, same name. Um, check out some of the information that I share on there. A matter of fact, I just put up a post talking about the fixed and growth mindset. So we're going to continue with that today. But I also want you guys to look forward to us doing a launch party for the magazine. Now, I'm still gathering um, things. The magazine really is complete, okay? First and foremost, the magazine is complete. What I'm doing is I'm going back <clears throat> and adding, because I know me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this perfection, which we talk about on here. I'm looking for it <clears throat> to be perfected, <laughs> if you want to say it like that. But I'm looking for more content, um, and I'm excited because I know the content is coming, um, without a doubt. Um, and um, I'm I'm excited because I'm able to make sure that um, we're gonna have a good magazine, and I the pro the the probably it's not really a problem, or the big thing is getting it issued. Getting it out there, letting everybody see it. That's 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 the thing. I'm excited about that too. Um, finding the avenues and the channels to get it out there. So what I want to do is <clears throat> we're going to go ahead and continue talking about the fixed and growth mindset. Tomorrow is our last, very last day um, of us doing that um, because we want to move forward. We want to move talk forward for like because and I, I was explaining last night on my other show where. Um, I know people had to do some transitioning over into from not owning your from owning your business into going back to regular to a regular job. So we want to talk about that transition. We want to talk about career changes. So I want to definitely concentrate on that next week. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to do it. Um, my scheduling is going to be a little off. Um, I think. Um, so I'm going to do the best I can to make sure I can get this show in on time to you guys. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, I found these articles at um, startupmgzn.com. I guess it's the short for magazine. So it's startupmgzn.com. And this um, article says, Fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Which one should you have? So it's giving you a choice on which one you should have. So let's go ahead and get started on that. 
Mm. Okay. Um, here we go. Um, it's not that I'm not. It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. That's what Albert Einstein made that comment. It says the great Albert Einstein described, discriminated, dis demonstrated. Wow, the growth mindset long before Carol Dwelk, a Stanford University professor, professor, coined the term. For any kind of growth to take place, it takes conditioning or presetting. If there's any part of us that we need fine-tuned to possibilities and poise for opportunities, it is our mind. Exploring the great value of mind setting is particularly relevant in today's fast-paced, highly demanding world. With all the talk of innovation, uh, the word disruption is gaining familiarity. Back in the day, to disrupt means to disturb or cause delay. As children, we may have thought disturbance as an unwelcome break from the normal flow of things. This time around, the word has taken on a powerful connotation, a very much welcome, even necessary scenario. The technological battlefield cries out for reinventing the status quo to shift to previously unfounded, quality unseen possibility and a dramatic change in ways of doing things. To disrupt is to inject game-changing growth. This begs question, how do we go about it? Fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Now, experts tell us that two mental settings possible in every person. There's two mental settings in every person. One is a fixed mindset and the other growth mindset. Consider the following questions. Are you open to learning new things? Do you take criticism constructively? How do you react to another person doing better than yourself at your area of competence? Do you take responsibility for your failure? Are you curious to study your mistakes? Are you willing to share credit for yourself? Do you face problems head on or try to avoid them? Do you see difficulties as roadblocks or stepping stones? If you find yourself shrinking in intimidation over the prospects of facing new and difficult things, you may be on a fixed mindset setting. The fixed mindset rests on assumptions that abilities and talents are innate and unchangeable, and that one is either born to do something or he is not. On the contrary, the growth mindset sees everything as possible through repeated practice. Traits responsible for success are not fixed. They can be cultivated. The growth mindset welcomes new challenges, is open to making mistakes, it is resilient in the face of failure. The growth mindset is critically important in all areas, but particularly more so in the education and entrepreneurship. Now, I want to go back a little bit and I want to talk about an experience I had. I guess you like, you guys, this chick, I'm 56 years old, so I've seen a lot of things in life. I've experienced a lot of things in life, so I don't mind sharing some of my stories. Now, I realized and, and now that I think about it, going back over, um, reading this, 
I realized that there's times when I have a fixed mindset and there are times when I have a growth mindset. I wanted to learn how to run the board at the radio station, okay? Which is, you know, the controls of the radio station when you're doing a show or whatever, a production. I wanted to learn how to do it. I volunteered my time. I literally volunteered my time. I, I came into the radio station because I was working on a project for a church. And um, I was just so excited. I saw what the young lady was doing. So I asked her, would she, if I come in here, would you teach me how to work that board? And she actually taught me how to work that board. I, she was one of the most patientest persons with me because I was lost, okay, really lost. Um, I noticed how she was moving the, the little sliders up and down, but I had no idea what they were for. So I finally learned how to do the board where I was at the point where I would do some weekend productions um, for some of our pastors, our local and um, our area, surrounding area pastors. So they usually come in on Saturdays or Sundays. Most of the time, I would only do a Saturday. But it was so exciting to be in that atmosphere. But what I'm trying to tell you is, at that time, I had a growth mindset to learn how to do something. I volunteered my time to learn how to do something. I volunteered my time to be trained as a court-appointed special advocate, which is CASA. Um, volunteer. I volunteered um, to uh, work with the Turning Point Shelter, Women's Shelter, um, by going through domestic violence um, training. When you volunteer your time, there's benefits in volunteering your time. And that's what I did. I volunteered my time because guess what I wanted? I wanted something out of that. I wanted the, the satisfaction of me helping other people. And so because of that, the end result is there's a lot of things that I do know because I volunteered my time to put myself in it. And to me, that's, that's truly important. Okay. <clears throat> a child with a growth mindset will persist in solving a math problem until she figures it out. She will happily practice playing the piano, and even when those are around her, seeing slow progress tells her to give up. To illustrate the difference in practical study life, two students might get the same failing grade in math and look at it in a different way. Okay. A fixed mindset learner would go, I'm not good in math. A growth mindset learner would go, I'm not good in math yet. Now, um, I think I told you guys that math is one of my t worst, not the basic math, but when you talk in trigonometry and all those different geometry, that's when I have issues. Um, any, mostly anything else, I'm pretty, I'm, I've gotten it, but it was very much so a struggle for me in math. I could not comprehend numbers for some reason. And that's for a long time. Even as an adult, I had issues. Even when I was going through college, I had issues. But I was able to get through it. And I think that was amazing that I was able to do that. <laughs> so, the growth mindset leaves ample space for possibility and encourages persisting and learning. 
It is friendly to f the to afford. It is friendly to afford effort and honors the process of getting to a goal. It is crucial to foster such mindset beginning in early childhood. The period where mental behavior habits as well as learning habits are progressively taking shape. An adult with a growth mindset is fueled by need and inspired by lack. Um, they see us as Silicon Valley entrepreneur and venture capitalist uh, Vinod Kostler does, every big problem is a big opportunity. Entrepreneurship is another ground that could very well thrive on a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is adverse to risk. However, the full entrepreneur capacity cannot be realized unless pushed over the edge. Turn over and poke in all directions. This in the action of a growth mindset. It fuels business development and scales service excellence. Proponents of this innovative mindset encourage educators, entrepreneurs, leaders, and parents to value and support effort making and to encourage each person to explore, explain, and develop. They spread the belief that we are born with potential, not necessarily inborn talent. Okay? Schools must become growth mindset environments to become a real training ground for life. Every field of venture must nurture a collaborative environment as a dynamic and flexible way of engaging with the world. Let us focus the mind to break through barriers, cross boundaries, and create breakthroughs for one and all. So this was a very good uh, um, uh, our, uh, article. And I think I like these questions. Uh, are you open to new things? I can say yes. Do you take criticism constructively? Yes and no. How do you react to another person doing better than yourself at your area of competence? Do you feel some kind of way? Sometimes I do. So these are the parts of me I know that are fixed. Do you take responsibility for your failure? Yes, I try to at all times. Um, are you curious to study your mistakes? Yes, I can do that. Um, are you curious? Oh, are you willing to share credit for your for um, success? Sometimes, depending on what the success is. All right, I'm be honest with you. I'm not honest. Are you? Oh, it says, do you face problems head on or try to avoid them? Sometimes I do head on. Sometimes I avoid them to a better time. Can I say that? Okay, that that's what I'm saying on that one. Do you see difficulties in roadblocks or stepping stones? Do you see difficulties as roadblocks or stepping stones? Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So as you can see, I am a confused, fixed, and growth mindset person. <laughs> oh, because I answer these questions. These are some great questions that I'm going to definitely going to ask them on the um, page today. So, I mean, on the post today, I'm definitely going to post those, those questions. Now, so, there's another thing I want to definitely get into um, that caught my eye. Um, and um, it was definitely talking about attention. And I told you guys we were going to talk about that since we got some time. Um, 
I don't know if we, oh, here it goes. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we're going to probably bring some of that back next week. Um, again, this is an article um, by Fast Company. Um, they usually have some pretty good um, um, articles, and it's fastcompany.com. Um, and it says, forget time management. Master this to meet all your product, polar, product, productivity needs. Okay. Um, there's no honor in being busy if all you ever do is busy work. So you don't want to be being busy just to be busy. Um because I think that's nerve-wracking, and I find myself sometimes doing that. So you have to, first of all, admit the things that you do. If we don't admit what we do, then we never get, we're never able to grow. Um, so if we have any things that we need to be doing, we need to go ahead and knock them out and then move on to the next thing. But don't just, just be doing something to say you're doing something. Okay. Raise your hand if you no longer trust yourself to remember everything you need to do. I can raise my hand. Keep your hand up if you're so entrenched in knee-jerk reaction mode that the moment a quick little task pops into your head, you drop whatever you're doing and take care of it right away, lest it slip through the crack. Yes, that's me. That is definitely me. Um, for the record, my own hand is very much raised. See? Ah! <laughs> I'm so paranoid by forgetting little things that I'll interrupt the perfectly good deep work state just to put a granola on the grocery list. Yes, that is so me. Or send a book to my daughter's Kindle. Or some other inconsequential <laughs> thing that was totally not worth ruining my flow for. Yes, 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 yes. And I do it all the time. I constantly do it. For instance, this morning I got up and instead of me Starting my day, I, I my doing my exercise, doing my meditation. I start doing something in the dining room. Um, I went in the kitchen. Now I'm not supposed to be doing that at that moment because I'm supposed to be doing my 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 uh, my regiment, right? Um, so then I start picking up stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, I need to be doing my regiment. So I had to walk. Come come back up here and start doing my regimen real quickly. Didn't have anything to do with what I usually do in my morning time. So, yeah, it says you already done it. She said, I've already done it uh, three times today already. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, and also, even when I was about to do this, I was I was going through my things and I was like, uh, I start looking at something else. Someone sent me a, a message on Facebook and I stopped doing what I was doing and sent them back a message, which I could have waited. I could have responded to them at a later time. It was an emergency, but me being me. Oh yeah, I did that. It's an easy trap to fall into. Our lives are brimming with distractions, pinning pings from teammates, family or roommates, milling around the house, current events, and over, excuse me, and our ever-present anxiety about them. Um, the internet meme du jour, um, unless we make deliberate choices about what to focus on at any given moment, it's virtually impossible to get anything meaningful done. And that is so true. 
time management alone won't solve the problem because no amount of calendar Tetris can alter the way your brain functions. The missing piece is a mental practice known as attention management. The art of consciously setting aside trivial matters and directing our focus to bigger and more important things. And I love that. I love that. I love that. It's called attention management. I love that. I really do. The art. I guess you're like, what are you doing? I'm writing this down right now because if I don't, guess what? I'll be sidetracked and won't do it at all. Um, I find myself, I'm so, this is so me. Uh, This is definitely so me. Because I'm telling you guys, I will definitely forget to do this. Um, Let's see. Okay. Now, let's talk about attention management. Isn't about it isn't about eliminating distractions, according to the author and coach Maura Thomas. <clears throat> she did a two-minute summary. Um, watch a two-minute summary from her talk, her TED talks. Okay, it's important. Let let let's let's see what she says. Let me see if I can bring it up. know now how important attention management is to us so 
let's go ahead and finish that conversation. Okay. Now, it says it's a matter of being intentional about how you respond to things, specifically giving the most <clears throat> attention to the most meaningful, high-impact tasks. For individuals, the tactics include ruthlessly scrutinizing your to-do list, setting up a focused, friendly work environment, and banishing all attempts at multitasking. Because you know what we've learned? We've learned, and that's another subject matter we want to talk about is multitasking. Is multitasking a very good thing to have or <clears throat> to do? Or is it is it beneficial? What are the benefits of multitasking and what pros and cons of it? <clears throat> because that goes back to this whole thing about attention management. The implications for personal pro- productivity and advancement are obvious. Rising to the next level in your field means tackling meaty problems and delivering results on a time on time, neither of which are possible if your brain is ping-ponging all over the place, which mine is doing at this very moment. But does it scale? Can attention management benefit teams? Can its principle be applied at the organizational level? The answer to all of these questions is yes. For teams and companies, the approach is similar, but with a few tweaks to account for the group dynamics in play. Why attention management matters for teams? Let's talk about it in a team mindset. According to researchers at the University of Pennsylvania, creative thinking and problem solving requires focus and imagination in equal amounts. Um, Indeed, their results such as creative thinking involves exercising control over imagination. If we want to produce solutions that are both novel and useful, one researcher says, Although imaginative thinking can help us generate different possible solutions to a problem, we then have to evaluate these ideals to determine whether they will actually work and revise them accordingly. Now, this is kind of similar to a project we used to do every year when I worked at the VA. And um, I can't remember what it is, but it was a project where we were able to the group would win $350 a piece being part of a team. I can't remember what it is. But um, every year we would do something innovative. Um, I remember we did a video. We did several things. And for some reason, they always wanted me to be the captain of the team. And we were, we were able to go through the whole progress and actually do it. And we actually always would get the money for that new innovative um, thing that we would do. Um, uh, it was had to be something problem solving, a solution to something that was going on at the VA. I cannot remember the name of it, but yes, we were able to do that, which was wonderful. Um, okay. In other words, giving in to distractions is bad news for people trying to tackle gnarly problems or making a big impact. Um, and when reactive mode pervades a whole group of problem compounds, the group problems compound. Um, It says to make matters worse, it's all too easy to use busy work as a vehicle for procrastination. Picture, for example, a finance department that has made a long overdue decision to shift to a agile style of planning and collaborating. 
It's a massive departure from the soloed way they traditionally organize their projects, with the work flowing from analysts to uh, actuaries to accountants in sequence, waterfall style. Now people in different functions will be able to do their work in parallel, which is across. Sounds simple enough on paper, but think about the accountant who walks to his desk one morning knowing that today he's supposed to start building out a new report. This time, without all the information he's accustomed to, having because the actuary on the project is only just starting her piece. Um, this is going to be really different, and the different feels hard, and humans by nature tend to avoid hard things. So, imagine our accountant's relief when a colleague asks for help revising a report from two years ago. Oh, blessed familiarity. He can put off his hard but high-impact work without feeling guilty about it. Now, imagine that scenario played on a repeat across the entire department for weeks on end. Instead of pursuing a strategy, they're just thrashing about. They've become a drag on the company's broader agile transformation, which is desperately needs to get right in order to get pace with competitors. Attention management comes into play even within the less fraught context of a single team working on a big project. In order to deliver, they'll need to delay work, doesn't move the big project forward, and say no to requests from other teams, which is hard, mostly on an emotional level, but it's possible. How to practice attention management at scale. So let's talk about that. No matter how good your team is at formulating a strategy or mapping out bold initiatives, you'll never get the results you want if everything accidentally fretters away their time, if everyone, excuse me, accidentally fret away their time and energy on low impact activities. The best way to prevent that is by taking deliberate conscious measures like these. Number one, Stay connected to the why. Matter of fact, I'm in the process. It, one of the books that I'm reading is talking about the why. Okay. Um, when you're trying to push a big rock up a hill at some point, like when your legs cramp up, you're going to wonder if the payoff is really worth all this effort. When that moment comes, a sharp sense of purpose will help you resist the temptation to prop the rock in place and go lie down and watch a cat video. <laughs> Whatever your team's big rock is, everyone should have a shared understanding of why you're not tackling it. If you haven't already spent a few minutes in your next team or project meeting discussing that, then as you go along, put that why statement at the top of every document. Chart Slack channel and slide decks related to the project for reinforcement. Number two, prioritize rough ruthlessly decline compassionately. For medium to long term prior prior prioritization, um, nothing beats the objectives and key results framework pioneered by Google. A as a team you define two or three high-level objectives to pursue. 
These objectives are either the big rocks themselves or component of the single big rock. For each objective, you'll define two or three measurable results. What if achieved, oh, excuse me, which if achieved will tell you that you're on the right track. Then throughout the quarter of the year, you'll assess and score your progress, progress against your key results. When laid out in a shared document, may I recommend Confluence page, I don't know what that is, OKRs become a touchstone for the team to refer to when new requests or ideals come their way. If the activity furthers one of your objectives, find a way to make space for it. If not, gently decline to take it on right now, but consider revisiting the ideal later. Another helpful technique is the Eisenhower matrix. It's a two by two grid for sorting all the work on your plate and your backlog by urgency and importance because who doesn't love a two by two grid? Use it when grooming your team's backlog, which in an ideal world, you do about every month or so to assess ad hoc work as it comes up. These two frameworks are great for prioritizing the work that comes from within your team or department. What about, but what about the other teams that need contributions from you in order to achieve their goals? You need an advanced level technique design to let you walk the line between being a team player and a martyr. We developed it at the Atazen and called it the all, the all the Things Prioritization Matrix. Okay, you'll start with a empty field X and Y, and we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that um, later. Just get the gist of that. Okay, number three is foster a focus-friendly team culture. Meetings, chat, and emails are essential elements of collaboration for most knowledge workers' team. Um, they're also concentration killers. Productivity gurus implore us to set aside time specifically for checking email and to leave alone other than that so you can have longer periods of focused work. The biggest reason people ignore that advice, they don't feel like they have permission to ignore emails for hours at a stretch. Diddle for pausing chat notification, which I know you guys do and I know I do. I don't, I, I check my email maybe three to four times a day, but I do it when I'm ready to do it. I don't do it if I'm in the middle of doing something major, unless it's something I need. Like there's right now on my mind, there's two things I need to, um, scan and send off in an email. Um, there's no one, two, three things I need to, um, scan and send off in an email. Other than that, um, I'm going to, um, I'll leave it alone. I don't have to be, I don't have to deal with my email unless I'm actually looking for something else or an answer to something. Okay. <clears throat> so as a team, give yourselves that permission. Agree on how fast you expect each other to respond and contingency plan for when you need each other's attention right away. For example, if you might decide that emails and chat pings should be answered within three hours with a phone call or a shoulder tap as the emergency signal, <laughs> Having this agreement is crucial for dis distributed teams in particular. In particular, Often remote workers worry their teammates with, will think that they're sloughing off if they don't respond immediately, so they respond right away, but at the cost of their own productivity. 
So yeah, I think you should have guidelines laid out, especially when you're working with a team. If we have emails, I'm okay, you have three hours to, and I would say that up front when we get the meeting started. If there's any emails out there, please, you guys, within the first three hours of your day, please answer the emails. Um, either give a call or respond to those emails. Either way it goes, we need to know that you're answering. Those are the emails for the company or the organization. Other than that, we need to stay busy. Not busy, but actually being productive. So let's not use the word busy. Let's use the word being productive. So I'm going to stop right there because there's a lot more. This is a great article. I definitely want to talk about this more. I'm going to add this on tomorrow. Um, one, two. Um, <clears throat> to continue. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, we're going to continue talking about this. I think it's a great, it's some great information. And it's mastering um, attention management. Uh, forget time management, master to meet all your product productivity um, goals. And this is by um, fastcompany.com. So um, I need to be sure. Okay. So we're going to continue this uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last day we're going to be talking about growth and mindset. Not to say that. We're not going to discuss it, but tomorrow we're move on Monday. We want to move forward on another thing because you got to remember November 1st is Sunday. So Monday we'll be talking about something else. Okay. So you guys, I want you guys to have a great day. Don't forget. We got some great things coming ahead. I want to continue doing this. Um, we're going to play next week by ear. I'm going to let you guys know that now. November, the first week of November, we're going to play it by ear because I have some, a family situation going on and I don't want to not neglect you guys taking care of my family situation. So I'll probably schedule some things a little bit different. Hopefully everything works out and I'm able to do this in the morning and get it out to you guys as soon as I can. Um, cause I love doing this, you guys. I love giving you guys this great information. Um, so let's go ahead. And I'm going to let you guys go. We did good today. Um, and I hope you guys are using this information. I like to share it. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to share this today um, when I get a chance to sit down and relax. Um, I need to go ahead and um, when I get some calm down time, I can do that. So again, you guys check out our website. Look forward to the magazine. I haven't let you guys down yet. I say, when I say I'm going to do something, I want to do something. Now, um, <clears throat> I want to also, and I know I haven't been mentioning my book, In Search of You with the Workbook. I definitely want anybody who wants to use the book for a personal development class, let me know. Or maybe I might need to create my own personal develop. Look, make your own atmosphere, personal develop class, and do the training myself. Wouldn't that be awesome? Put together a curriculum, the whole nine yards. That would be awesome, huh? Because it's got a workbook, so it can definitely put together a curriculum for it, which might be a great idea. Hey, beginning of something great. All right. So, you guys, thank you for hanging out with us today on You Are Loved. And just remember, you are loved. So, let's go ahead and get that done. Uh,
Good, good. Have a good day, you guys. Happy Thursday. Of you are love. Don't forget to join us on our Facebook page at You Can't Clip My Wings, and also check out our website at YouCan'tClipMyWings.com. Thank you again for listening in, and always remember, you are love.